Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information as always in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. And please, just a reminder, please subscribe to the show if you enjoy it. Please leave a rating or a review and let's get the show out to as many people as possible. I appreciate when you guys uh, leave those ratings and reviews. So thank you to those that have, and if you haven't, please just take a moment to do that. All right, today we are going to be talking about what we do pretty much every month, and particularly when the market is as volatile as it is right now, and when we're trying to figure out what exactly is happening. Um, We're going to be looking at the market stats published by the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors to try to read the tea leaves on what is happening in the local real estate market right now. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in here, so we're just going to jump right in and start at the very top with new listings. New listings went way, way, way down in December of uh, of 2022. Um, I'm saying the lowest new listings number that we had seen since December of 2018, a four-year low. So the market has really, in December in particular, really corrected, you might say overcorrected, for what was happening with demand going down. And we saw a massive decrease in supply, A uh, an insane, I mean, for it to be the lowest in four years, that is an insane number because demand hasn't gone down to 2018 levels. Demand is still extremely high in comparison to what it was four years ago in the Greenville area specifically. Um, again, as a reminder, a few, a few things that I, I need to make sure that I express here. When I talk about these market stats, these are Greenville, and my opinions are Greenville only. These do not apply to other markets, um, although there might be some resemblance, some similarities to uh, to other markets. Um, and as well, I'm limited by the data that the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors provides. This data does get redacted in future months, um, and so... There's one particular data set, the pending sales number, which is usually way, way off for the most recent month. We'll get to that in a second. Anyway, those are a few things that I want to hedge. But in the Greenville area, we saw a massive plunge in new listings in the month of December. But then we saw in January, so this past month, which which is the primary month that we're looking at because uh, obviously we don't have February numbers yet, January hopped all the way back up from what it was in December. We had 945 new listings, which is like, again, that's like nothing. That's like 30 listings per day. Um, January hopped back up to 1,380 listings. Um, That is a 7.5% increase year on year. Why is that important? That's important because we had had three straight months and four out of six months of year-on-year declines in in new listings. So we had a 7.5% increase year-on-year in new listings and an even bigger jump month-on-month, obviously, from 945 to 1380. So it seems like, I I don't want to draw any like massive conclusions from this, um, but for sure, listings that would normally have been in December, for whatever reason, people wait until the new year to, to list their homes. And... I don't know if that was 
an overcorrection as a result of, okay, the market's slowing down, plus we've got the holidays, we're just going to wait until the new year and see what happens. I don't know if that was because uh, mortgage rates started to taper off and people were feeling a little bit more optimistic and so they started listing more houses in January. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with this number because as you probably know, since uh, we've last kind of talked about these numbers, now people are expecting mortgage rates to go a little bit higher than what we originally thought this year because uh, all of these uh, jobs reports and different things that are coming out would lead us to, to think that the Fed is going to keep pushing up their funds rate, their interest rates, and that then, in part, is going to drive up mortgage rates. In fact, this past week, we already saw it happen where mortgage rates went up basically half a, half a point, which is a massive increase in one week as, P, as uh, mortgage markets uh, immediately responded to the uh, jobs report numbers. So all of that to say, it does appear that a lot of these new listing numbers are tied to uh, these other things. People aren't wanting to list their home if they don't think they can afford a home to buy, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so we'll have to keep keep track of this. But that January number, that was that was a higher number. That was our, our first year-on-year increase in new listings uh, since September of 2022. Um, again, to reiterate, some December listings appear to have been baked into that, but we'll we'll have to continue to to keep track of that and see what happens. All right, pending sales, um, pending sales. This is the one that I just said is is going to be inaccurate, highly inaccurate for the month of January, but we can still piece together some some things from this. All right. So first off, we're going to go back to the month of December because that should now be accurate. So originally, and this is why I'm just going to show you guys because you're probably like, why does he always uh, make this hedge about pending sales. Here's what pending sales for the month of December said in last year's GGAR market stats. I'm sorry, in uh, last month's GGAR market stats. I'm trying to, to multitask here and it's not working. Um, so when they, when they published the January market stats, which covers the month of December, they said the pending sales for the month of, of December was 548. Um, and that also impacts the months of inventory uh, month supply of inventory, which they had at 2.7. For uh, now the February market stats, when they revised the December numbers, it knocked up those pending sales back up to 767. So that's a that's a big difference uh, from what did I just say? 500 something, uh, 548. That's a that's a massive difference. Uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what the percent difference is, but it's big. It's big, right? So that's why we can't really look at the current, the, the most recent month's pending sales because this is it's this way every single month. I've been tracking these market stats for years, and every single month the pending sales numbers are lower than they should be. Um, but we can look at the trends leading up to the month of January. And the trends leading up to the month of January is that pending sales are appearing like they're going to be roughly 25 to 30% down basically the entire year. If things continue the way they are, they're going to be down 25 to 30%. October of 2022 was down 25% year on year. November was down 29% year on year. December was down 28.8% year on year. 
And I expect something very similar for uh, for January once we next month's stats come out and then we can see the revised number for January. I'm expecting it to be kind of in that 30% range. So pending sales are down, and obviously that then impacts closed sales, and that's exactly what we've seen. December, closed sales were down 24.3% year-on-year. Uh, in January, it was down 31.2% year-on-year. If you're cur- curious about those numbers, um, it was uh, 767 closed sales in January of of 2023 in, in this past month uh, versus the previous year it was 1,115 sales uh, for the month of January 2022. So uh, that's a that's a big drop off and and that's also a very low number. Uh, that is the lowest number that we've seen since uh, January of 2019. So here we go again where we have a four year low in closed sales. And and again, that's a 31.2% uh, decrease year on year. So the market, the real estate market is contracting right now. That's just the reality of the situation. The least number of closed sales uh, in four years. And I talked about this, uh, what was it, last week, I think, how I was talking to other realtors and we were discussing about just how slow the beginning of the year was. And that's what's reflected here. 767 closed sales. You know how many realtors are in Greenville? There's like 4,000 realtors in Greenville. And some of those 767 sales would have had a dual agent. So uh, it's pretty safe to assume that less than 750 uh, realtors this past month made any money. And that's insane. That is insane to think about for uh, for the Greenville market. All right, days on market until sale. I've been saying this number is going to keep going up, up, up because so many sellers didn't adjust to the shifting market. They listed their homes too expensive. They were, uh, you know, assuming that their homes would keep going up in value at the at the rate that they had been. They didn't know what they were doing. They got greedy, whatever the case may be. And we've been seeing this number going up roughly sixty percent year on year for each month, basically, for the past four months, and January was no different. Uh, The number climbed all the way up to 49 days on market until sale. That's a 58.1% increase from 31, which is what it was in January of 2022. Um, Now, just a reminder, days on market until sale, it's the average number of days between when a property is listed and when an offer is accepted in a given month. I think this number is going to continue to go up, and I've been saying this over and over and over again because all of these people that didn't adjust for the for the market as the market was adjusting, when they listed their homes for too expensive, now their homes are lingering on the market, they're getting stale, eventually they will go under contract, and eventually a lot of these uh, you know, homes that are being built by home builders that are listed in MLS, eventually they will go under contract as well. But if they've been on the market for 90 or 100 days, that's going to drive the number up. So as the as the absorption rate for some of these homes that have been on the market for a long time goes up and as these homes start to sell, again, we're just going to keep seeing this number go up. So we'll keep tracking it. I expect it to... Uh, to plunge well into the 50s the next time uh, we're looking at these market stats, um, and uh, and and it it may it may keep 
just going way up from there until we absorb a lot of these whole a lot of these listings that have just kind of been uh, lingering on the market because they've been overpriced. Now here's an interesting one: median sales price. Uh, this is one of the most important numbers that we look at. This is really a good judge of what the market is doing. And as I've discussed a gazillion times, uh, but I'm going to mention it again, this isn't necessarily a one-to-one -one correlation with appreciation because part of what goes into a median uh, sales price when it comes to when you're looking at the entire market, obviously, if a bunch of really cheap homes or a bunch of really expensive homes come on the market or don't come on the market, that seriously impacts this number. But this is the closest number that we have to kind of tracking whether the market is is appreciating or is potentially in a depreciative market. And so we've seen now, uh, going back to September of 2022, we had seen four straight months of declines in this number. January bucked that trend. January the number jumped back up to a 7% increase year on year from 280,000 in January of 2022. It went up to 299,540 January of 2023. Now, I think a lot of this is impacted by that we had some ex more expensive homes sell in January than we normally do. And so I think that that is an impact on this. Um, but at the same time, I think what this is telling us, and I've been telling you guys this uh, pretty much every month for the past several months, I've been waiting to see, does this median sales price go dip below 285 or does it come within range of 285? Um, that's kind of the number that would make me think that we're actually seeing home prices going down. And and you know when we looked at, uh, at December numbers, it had gotten down to 296. And so it was like, okay, maybe there's a possibility that we will see that prices have have started to go down below their seasonal norms, um, but now it's jumped back up to 299,540. Um, that tells me, and, and with the 7% year-on-year increase, at least for the moment, it's, it's not looking like we're seeing any sort of, uh, of actual prices go down. Again, this is not a perfect way of looking at it, but there isn't a perfect way to look at it. This is, this is the best way, the best simple way for us to, to assess this. Now, as I've said before, this median sales price, it does not account for seller concessions. So we can't, uh, I, I would have to do a lot more digging uh, in order to figure out, okay, what about closing costs? Because sellers are having to pay a lot more closing costs than they've paid in the past for buyers. That has, it's finally come back, right? It's been, uh, it's been two and a half years basically since sellers have had to pay any buyer's closing costs. That used to kind of be the norm. Uh, uh, unless it was a a bidding war, multiple offer kind of situation, we are seeing more of that happening where uh, where sellers are having to to contribute some towards buyer closing costs. Now it's interesting that really you have to look at what builders are doing to kind of better understand uh, to to best understand what's happening in the market builders are offering all sorts of of incentives to buyers right now offering all sorts of closing costs um offering realtors you know 5% commissions plus bonuses all sorts of of different things offering upgrades um retail sellers are still I'm still seeing that they are lagging behind that they're not understanding the dynamics of the current market um, and that's being reflected in them, you know, 
overpricing their homes and saying, nope, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lower my price. Well, I'm fine with sellers not, you know, with sticking to their guns, and I'm encouraging my clients that are selling to stick to their guns, but I'm also not encouraging them to overprice their home. So that's a really important. I've seen, I'm, I'm still seeing a lot of homes being overpriced, um, and and sellers just not being realistic about what they can get. Um, and then we're still seeing. I, I've, I'm surprised how much I've run into this. Sellers not. Um, in situations, and, and I have to be careful with how I say this because it is—it's not directly what the seller is doing. It's—it's it's an agreement between the seller and the listing agent on how this is handled. But in essence, that a, a buyer's agent is being offered less than three percent. What what we see most commonly is two and a half percent, and um, that is something seller sellers are going to have to and and again in cooperation with their with their listing agents are going to have to determine whether that's the best strategy. Me personally, I don't think that that's the best strategy. I think that uh, sellers should be offering buyer's agents 3%. Um, and th the simple reason for that is buyer's agents often, any good buyer's agent, and that's who you want to be working with if you're selling, you want to work with the best buyer's agents out there. Trust me, you don't want to work with the bad ones. Um, any good ones that are out there are requiring a minimum 3% commission. That's just the way it is. The good ones are going to get, they're not going to reduce their paycheck just to get something, just to get people under contract or, or whatever the case may be. And so if you're offering only 2.5%, then you're expecting the buyer then to have to come up with that extra half percent to pay for their agent. Well, what if the buyer can't do that? Or what if the buyer just doesn't want to out of principle, which I've seen that before as well. They feel like that this should be the seller's responsibility. Traditionally, that's been what the seller has done. Um, I think it's it's more attractive, and, and, and I've seen this as well. Um, you've got certain agents that are out there that when, when they're looking at uh, a, a bunch of homes that come on the market, they see some that are offering 3% and some that aren't. What do you think, even if their client has agreed to to pay the 3%, even if the seller isn't paying for the entirety of it, it's still, that's a conversation that you have to have with your clients. That's another thing that you have to factor into the numbers. It disincentivizes everyone to look at those properties. And now um, you can see on Zillow and Realtor.com and whatnot, it, they're required now to publish the uh, buyer's agent commission that's being offered. And by the way, um, in the state of South Carolina, previously, so the entire time that I've been a realtor, there's been multiple options for buyer's agents um, where basically you could agree to potentially have, uh, you know, basically I'm going to get paid whatever the seller offers me as, as an option. Um, that is going away this year. They're going to remove that. The South Carolina Association of Realtors is removing that from the form, and it's going to be a set number. And so every buyer's agent is going to have a set number. M maybe some will go in there and put 2.5%. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, again, when they make these big changes, there is a little bit of an adjustment period, but I think that the vast majority um, that... and. and and already the vast majority of good agents are already doing 3%. Probably the bad agents or the new agents also 
will will default to 3% as well. So people need to be getting in their minds as they're selling their homes. They need to expect that that in this market, you just ha- you have to offer the 3% to the buyer's agent. That's my uh, that's my personal opinion. You are free to disagree with me, um, but I just laid out the data. You can respond with with your own data and your own arguments if you want. Again, my contact information's in the show notes. Um, I found this, uh, moving on from the median sales price, I found this interesting as well because this this supports a little bit of what I said about the um, uh, the median sales price being bolstered by more expensive homes. Um, the average sales price went up 11.6%. Now, I don't spend a lot of time on the average sales price uh, because the median is kind of more indicative of what's happening, but it was up 11.6% year on year. It went from 317000 to 353800 uh, 76. So 353,876 for January 2023. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to explain more about these more expensive listings selling um, here in a moment. Uh, percent of list price received, the percentage found when dividing a property's sales price by its most recent list price. So not accounting for price reductions. Then taking the average for all properties sold in a given month, not accounting for seller concessions. All right. Um, hopefully you got all of that. If you didn't, that's fine. All you need to know is that that number went down to 97.7%. So the average uh, house that was listed and sold received 97.7% of what it was listed for. So a $100,000 house on average sold for 97700 But that's not accounting for seller concessions. Um, and as I've already mentioned... Sellers are having to pay more concessions to buyers than than they've had for a long time. Um, so really, that number is uh, is we we should be considering this substantially lower than what we're comparing it to last year when it was one hundred point one percent and no seller concessions were being paid at all. Now ninety seven point seven percent historically, um, that's pretty close to what it was pre pandemic. I mean, we saw pre pandemic um, it was more like in the ninety eights, but uh, again, that that's within that norm. Now, um, I would not be surprised if we saw this number um, come potentially substantially down. Um, I could see it easily falling into the the ninety sixes. Which, if it did that, that would be like going way back. But again, you, we've got sellers with unrealistic expectations right now, not understanding the dynamics of the market, and um, and when you have that, and they're listing homes for for more than they're worth what's going to happen is they're going to 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 get this number uh they they they're going to get a lot less for their home than what they're expecting to the only variable of course is that this does not account for uh for homes having reduced their price so perhaps price reductions and then sales happening after price reductions will keep this number from going down into the 96 range but uh, we'll have to keep track. It would not surprise me if it did. Um, inventory numbers. The inventory of homes for sale jumped back up to uh, 3,517. That is a 133.7% increase from January of 2022 when it was only 1,505. That's that's insane. That's the, the largest jump by far year on year that we've ever seen. It's, it's a month-on-month jump. Um, not super surprised by that. Um, but inventory... Um, is is up 
but it's still not at pre-pandemic levels. That that's an important thing to to keep in mind. So it's up, but it's still low. If that makes any sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, and I was just looking, just out of curiosity, at what the what's currently active in Greenville MLS. If I look at residential, um, oh, and I just got logged out. Give me a second here. So if I just look at the residential class on Greenville MLS and I look at everything that's active, it comes out to 20, uh, 2,719. Now, I don't think I, I don't think that this is the same thing as what GGR is looking at. I think that they must be looking at everything that's active and everything that's also under a contingency contract. Uh, because for whatever reason, I don't know why, contingency contracts are still listed as semi-active, if that makes any sense. Like, they're still cons- it, that's considered an active category, even though it's under contract. Um, if I do that, then the number, if, if I include those, then the number jumps up to 3,708. Um, so that's pretty close and a tick higher than what these January numbers were. But th- to me, I feel like the real number is more... Uh, of 2719, I feel like that's more accurate because that's the homes that aren't actually under contract. Now, um, we know that a lot of inventory right now is being bolstered by new home construction. And so if I look at the age of these homes, the approximate age, and I take out um, everything that has already been built. So I'm only going to include to be built, under construction, or new slash never lived in. All right. When when I included everything, the number was 2719. When I only include new construction, that number is 1431. So over half of the active inventory is new construction. Um, so again, new home builders, still, uh, it's still a tough time uh, for them right now. If you're listing your home for sale as a retail reseller type of uh, type of home sale situation, um, there, you're, there's not as much direct competition with other sellers. You're competing more with, with new home construction. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind as well. Month supply of inventory for December, I already mentioned it was 2.5. Um, that's actually a de- that was a decrease from November when it was uh, 2.7. So very, very interesting uh, number there. You know, we're, we're kind of expecting month supply of inventory to go up, but it went down from November to December. Now, January, it's saying 2.8, but that is inaccurate. As I've already said, this number, this month supply of inventory is pegged to pending sales, and pending sales is always wrong for the most recent month. So I expect this number to be probably either right there again at 2.5 or perhaps at like 2.6. Next month, uh, we'll see for sure, and then we'll be able to to answer it. Um, but he, the year before, it was only at one month of inventory, but we knew that that wasn't, that wasn't sustainable. But in the mid-twos, still very, very low. That's still historically an extremely low number. Um, and so, again, if, if mortgage rates start to, to really pick up, like if we see mortgage rates potentially hit seven seven percent something like that um, on average seven or higher then I think we could start to see these inventory numbers uh, really go a lot higher than they've been now I found this to be interesting because when I saw the median price point and the average price point um, the increases that we had there 
I wanted to go and look, okay, what is driving this? Where are we? Because the, I don't normally get into this granular uh, of uh, detail when I'm doing this podcast, but I, but GGIR Market Stats actually does have a buy price range number um, uh, and breakdown in these stats. And so I wanted to see, okay, what are the price ranges that are seeing increases or decreases uh, year on year? And the biggest increases year on year were for homes. There was a 23% increase in, in closed sales year on year for homes between $350,000 and $500,000. Um, so that's above the above the median. Um, a th- and the biggest increase, a 34.7% increase for homes year on year that were sold between $500,000 and $750,000. That's way above our median. And then a 25% increase on homes that were sold for $1 million and above. So we saw, uh, and, and there was a slight decrease for homes between seven hundred fifty dollars and a million. There was a 4.3% decrease. But, um, but that was really minuscule. Like at the end of the day, that only am- amounted to 18 homes total less than the year before. So there were, I, I mean, we're talking about, let's see here. Uh, about 700, 1,000. We're talking about pretty close to 1,000 more homes that were sold between 350, uh, 350,000 and above than what we had the year before. So that's a massive increase. And there was also an increase in homes sold between 250 and 350,000, just not as big. It was a 7.7% increase year on year. Um, and then everything below 250,000 decreased by 30 something percent. And that's simply because there's just not a lot of homes on the market uh, that are below 250,000 anymore. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, so seeing those big increases, particularly in the 500 to $750,000 category and then the million and above, um, I think that, uh, I don't know if that was an anomaly. This is something I'll definitely be tracking more often. Uh, but Regardless, we're seeing we saw in January a lot more expensive homes sold than what we saw in January of of 2022, and uh, and that certainly bolstered some of these numbers. and uh, and And we'll just continue to see what happens as we go along. But the right now, I think the story is less supply, less demand, fewer closings, just all around. That is just what we're seeing in this market. And I've already told you, I I tell my sellers, hey, you need to be patient. I tell my buyers, hey, you need to be patient as well. There's less to go around. There just is. And even if inventory levels get to where they were in 2019, 2018, whatever, um, even with the mortgage rates being higher, there is still more demand than there was back then. That is just the reality of the situation. We have more demand in the Greenville area and and now than, uh, than we did pre-pandemic. More people are wanting to move here. Uh, more people are coming of age. Again, the millennial uh, demographic is really strong right now in terms of home buying. A lot of them are like, you know what? We don't care if mortgage rates are higher, we just need to break the cycle of rent. Or we don't care that mortgage rates are higher. We have kids now and we need a bigger place. And we're just going to have to bite the bullet, take the, the higher mortgage rate, and then refinance when we get the opportunity to refinance in a year or two. 
So all of those things are driving demand right now, and, and those things aren't changing. Millennials aren't going away. Uh, the de desirability of Greenville is not going away. All of these things are going to keep uh, keep driving that demand, and it's it's going to be a baseline of demand that we have for this area, regardless of what happens when it comes to to these mortgage rates and all of that. So thank you guys for listening. That's all for this episode. I appreciate every one of you. If you don't mind, please hit that five-star rating. Please leave a short little review for the show. Subscribe if you've not subscribed, but you enjoyed this content. Um, and if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs, if you need a buyer's agent, if you need a listing agent, someone to, to bounce ideas off of, I'm happy to do that as well. Please let me know. My contact information is in the show notes, and we will talk again next week.